0: Hello and welcome to Thinking About It. Uh, Stan Fowler, Dr. Stan from Heritage Theological Seminary, a fine institution that trains men and women for full-time vocational ministry. Can we talk about that today, Stan, at Thinking About It?
1: Oh, let's, let's talk about it. There's lots to talk about when it comes to how we best educate people for ministry.
0: I'm Bob McGregor here at Grandview Baptist Church. I'm here with Dr. Stan Fowler and this is Thinking About It. So Stan, a young man, let's say a young man, could be a woman but uh, let's say a young man feels called into the ministry. His his friends are headed off to um, electronics or law or engineering and uh, he similarly wants to train for the ministry how is he supposed to think about that and how is it different from those other paths
1: well it's similar if if he does it in a formal way in an academic setting obviously there are many similarities to the other paths but um, I mean it's going to be education of a different type in many ways when we're doing theological education, equipping people for ministry, it's not just learning theory and facts and, and passing courses. Everything, everything you're learning really is about God and yourself and the church and the relationship to the world and, and ministry. So there's a, there's a personal response aspect to all of it. Um, in terms of the academics of it, the nature of the coursework, the nature of exams and papers and so on. There are great similarities to other fields, if you do it in a traditional, formal, academic setting, which which has not always been
0: the the most typical model. Well, why should we even have this conversation? What is it about the ministry, so-called, that invites a conversation Uh, about training that is significantly different paradigmatically than these other uh, courses. What is it about the ministry that even drives this conversation?
1: Well, I think it's about what we're talking about is ministry in and for and through the church. And so if, um, if a formal educational preparation for church ministry disconnects the student... Uh, from the life of the church and from the practice of ministry, then, I mean, that, that, can, that can have negative effects. Now, I, I think at the same time, I, I mean, my experience in theological education goes back 40 years as, as a professor. Part-time, starting 40 years ago. Full-time, starting about, oh, 33 years ago. Um... So, I I mean, I've seen pros and the cons. I've seen the bright side and the dark side, I think. Uh, I mean, there is a, I think there is a certain value in the student who's preparing for ministry, kind of stepping aside, and um, it's not in a monastery, but stepping aside for a while, having the chance to focus on thinking about Scripture, theology, Ministry practices, etc. Thinking about them in a very concentrated way. So, how way. would that
0: be different, for instance, uh, from a student studying philosophy, which requires a lot of thinking as well? To be a philosopher, um, wouldn't that be this the same? Well, it's similar in many ways.
1: In fact, if you're if you're thinking about the nature of God and His works in the world, if you're thinking about how we know God, I mean, you you are thinking about philosophy in many ways. But you're also thinking about how, how you relate all that to the life of real people in the real church, reaching out to the real community. So there's a, there's a praxis side to it that isn't always there, if you're studying philosophy or history or, or, or the humanities more, more generally, or maybe humanities, social sciences. Um, certainly different from studying mathematics, as I did mm-hmm. in my undergraduate degree, so there's a there's a praxis element there, and there's a and there is a spiritual formation element that's important if we're equipping people to serve uh the church so there's um there there's therefore a character element to it that isn't there if you're studying philosophy or history. Or
0: or a lot of other fields for that. Unfortunately. Matter. Yeah, that's true. I think we've well, seen true. that in the uh, medicine and, and law and business. There's just no ethical foundation. They haven't taken the time to ponder these things. It's just business. Right. Yeah. It is it isn't
1: that those things shouldn't be present in some way in those fields, but but they aren't present in quite the uh, the focused and crucial way that they are. If we're talking about a person um, seeking to develop the right kind of character and competence as well as knowledge in order to function in church ministry. Okay,
0: so what we're talking about is, at least what I think we're talking about, is can a student, can a young person um, really and truly be f- uh, shaped um, intellectually, spiritually, and practically for the complex work of the ministry today, can, can that happen, uh, by and large, outside of the academy or, or mostly outside of the academy? Are, are there other ways that are open to us to raise up uh, people that are genuinely competent in ministry that is not the professional, uh, formal route that is so common?
1: Well, I think there certainly are some other ways, and um, now i I think we should also recognize that we we can think about better ways of connecting the church and the academy mm-hmm. we We can think about better ways of connecting local church, seminary setting, denomination and and bringing them together. There are better ways to bring them together than we often have in the past, I think but but you've had experience uh, mm-hmm. in, in a church-based kind of theological pastoral education, equipping mm-hmm. people for ministry. So I think, I think I'd like to hear I'd, I'd what, glad
0: what you've concluded from your experience oh, in, in doing that. This is going to have to be a two-part
1: I think it's going to have to be a two-part conversation. <clears throat>
0: um, let's say I first um, began to appreciate church-based theological education, uh, a number of years ago, when one of my colleagues in ministry introduced us to Build International, uh, which is an organization that provides resources for churches to do theological education, much like some organizations provide the home with homeschooling um, resources. And so this exists for pastors. And we were doing it in our church, just training leaders at a high level. And I'm not, this is not the only time it's happened. There are other... Uh, churches that are doing similar things. But this was fairly well established. And uh, in the providence of God, we found ourselves in Latin America um, working with a church that needed to develop their leadership. And they had no uh, opportunity to carry on the formal system that was left to them by the American Baptists who established a seminary, built it, and then... um, the bills weren't getting paid, the roof was leaking, the, the whole thing was falling apart. It was a, a real North American seminary, had a library, had a dean's office, had dormitory, had all that, a kitchen, everything. Um but it wasn't sustainable for them. And so they they were saying, how do is there another way to do this? And we just thought, well, maybe in this situation, um this can this can do. And so we began to do that, and sure enough, it, it really bore a lot of fruit. And so it got me thinking if is that the only application for this? Is there um a good theory to this, a biblical theory? And so we pursued that a little bit more, and in my last church, the just the opportunity was there. I wouldn't say this um is the way to go for everyone, but but things the lines fell in pleasant places for this young man. Uh, who was just right for a church-based theological education. And so Build International puts out uh, their Antioch School, which is a series of 15 competency development courses. They're readers, and then there are um, not examinations, but projects that they have to do to show their competency. And at the time, um, it wasn't... Certified, but they have now some kind of certification with a significant body in the state, so it's a proper degree now. But even before that, it was something that was useful. And so, for four years, uh, we had our our staff member. This a young guy uh, who was our youth pastor. We paid him full time, but this was something that he and I were working on in the side. There were some other uh, people with us, and he just chipped away at this. Uh, we would gather a small cohort in the church, but basically it was built around his need. And he was assessed uh, in our church by people who had to work with him. Uh, and there's a, there are other assessment tools, but he built his portfolio of uh, assessments and conversations that we had with him, projects. If you were to ask him today for a demonstration of his company, he'd pull this thing out. And sermons, are everything are in there just to show his competency. And uh, at the end of the, I forget how long, maybe three and a half years, um, he got his degree. And I would say that he, he is able to sustain a theological discussion. Uh, his language skills are probably the weakest. Uh, he knows how to work some Uh, online, some Logos, for instance. He knows how to work that. Mm. But apart from that, he is uh, theologically um, articulate, and uh, along the way, he's been able to apply his learning and has a significant ministry in the church. So I came away from that with a very positive view. I I haven't done it since. It's, It's a big assignment to have for a pastor to walk with someone for three and a half years, you know, what if but If you're not there when it's finished, that kind of thing, but it worked.
1: Well, that's one of my. You've, you've touched on one of my questions, I think, and that is, based on your experience, to what extent do you think this is a a workable method for the average pastor?
0: Well, in terms of uh, the demands on your time. Um, oh, you mean for for the trainer, myself? Right. Not the guy who right. the pastor who's learning. Right. You know, Stan, our calling is to equip people for the work of the ministry. And usually we think minimally. Sometimes we don't even have a plan at all. We just hope that somehow through our preaching and teaching, people are being equipped. But when you think about it, this is probably more central to a pastor's calling than what we are led to believe. I think it would be a good thing if every pastor had a Timothy that maybe not to the degree that I was uh, pouring into him, but it would be a good thing for every pastor to have a Timothy that he's pouring into. I had that back in the day. You might remember Martin Orville Wedge. Oh, certainly. In Toronto. He was a big deal back then, a Dallas man like yourself. He was. I never forgot that, that he would let us. Anyway, I digress. Um, so but he he said to me one time because I was his guy I was his intern We that was even before they were intern he just made it up right and I was complaining one day because he just dumped on me I just he said you know Bob I realize I can't put an old head on young shoulders but I'm gonna try
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so off he
0: went and uh, I was at OBC Ontario Bible College now Tyndale back then and um I, I was loaded up with ministry. My grades probably could have been better if it weren't for, for that kind of uh, load that he put on me. And then they ended up paying me a little bit. But I got a taste for the, the value of being in ministry while you're training for ministry. And every school knows that. OBC had a required Christian service assignment. Sure. But it was nothing like this. And what was your question? <laughs> well,
1: my question was: To what extent should the average pastor uh, be able to take this on? It, you know, given the rest of the demands of pastoral ministry. Yeah, I think I, they I mean, want to. But I think you've I think you've made the good point that um, in in some way this ought to be central to the calling of someone who's going to be a pastor, a teacher. I mean. Teaching others, equipping others to serve, to use their gifts well, is at the heart of what pastors are called to do. So, mm-hmm. whether whether it would be with the intensity that that you were talking about, which which was your way of being involved, I I mean I can see that that something like this should be in place, no question about that. Now, I mean there, are, but in terms of that kind of education as a replacement for the academy i mean it raises plenty of questions you, you mentioned this young man his weakest area probably related to biblical languages and he tried
0: to maybe because i taught him i don't know
1: well i mean did 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 you give him some basic yeah one of the languages? courses
0: in the build curriculum deals with original languages but it's nothing like what we learned it was all about using the tools Right, um, not necessarily, I don't think he could read a, a Greek text. That wasn't the aim of right. that.
1: And of course, I, I mean, we. I, I mean, I thought for for about ten years. I taught first year Greek at Heritage Seminary, and and I, I said to the students, look, we, we aren't trying to teach you to to write Greek, to speak Greek. we we're, we're we're trying to teach you. How, how to maximize your use of, of the Greek New Testament uh, practical realities. We're not trying to make most of you Greek scholars. Now, some of you, mm-hmm. God may be equipped in that way, mm-hmm. but that's exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, nevertheless, as, as you and I, I think, know from experience, if, if you don't know, you know a fair bit about the language, using the tools is not all that, I mean, you have to know something about the way a yeah, language works right. for the tools to be meaningful. I mean, you can look in Logos and you can find the parsing of a verb, mm-hmm. and it tells you this is, uh, you know, this is uh, Aelthon the second heirist, first person singular, yes, et, et cetera, from where I? But what does their tense signify? You know. Yeah. So there's a there are plenty of questions, but I'm interested in in whether there are Creative possibilities beyond the traditional Okay, well, academy. let's carry,
0: this on. Um, we'll carry our, this on. Our tech guy tells me where he's, we're out of time. He's oh, he's, he's heavy-handed. What, what can I say? He's heavy-handed. Yeah, so um, we're going to have to call it here. Uh, listen, we're going to be back... Uh, next podcast if that's next week don't know how these things sometimes work out but we're going to continue this conversation if you have ideas or comments that you you want to share with this conversation uh it's it's a very dynamic conversation send an email uh, to our church info at grandviewchurch.ca and uh we'll involve you in the conversation i'm bob mcgregor i'm stan fowler thanks for listening god bless you